Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, hello there. Hello there. Happy, happy Halloween recovery day. Happy day after Halloween. And we, uh, well, it's Tuesday, so we're only one day late. But we chose to spend Halloween with the executive producer. And then we tried watching the Forever Purge, which is... It's too much. What? It's what? too it's much. It's like the most recent Purge it, I think it's the last one in the in the franchise it, as it, well. It just hit too close to home. It really does. It's too It's too much. Maybe I'll watch it after 2024 when the real war starts. I, I just decided to put something on that I wouldn't uh, be too invested in yeah. while I did some work. Yeah. and Didn't pay off. I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, this is kind of like the news the other day. Oh, this is kind of like the news the other day. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you. Anyways, I'm Carol Ann. Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, I'm Matt. And uh, welcome back to another episode of Boosting Confused. 100 and... 102. Yeah. Yeah, every every episode after 100 is just uh, the cherry on top. It's the graving on the pudding. It's, it's another cherry. It's yeah, some, it's, you know. It's those little <laughs> boba that you put on top of frozen yogurt. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Those um, are so good. Would honestly just go to the Froyo shop. <laughs> And I would boba. get like the tiniest drop of Froyo and just douse all it. All boba. Oh, on all top. boba. That actually like, sir, you great. can't do we that. Should... They're like, sir, you can't do that. You we have should... to leave. We should definitely do that. That sounds great. Uh, so, Boost and Confused is a podcast where we talk about just uh, everything from conspiracy theories, paranormal, uh, just weird shit, history stuff, anything that we feel like talking about. This week is. Uh, an episode where we're gonna keep it a little bit spooky still because i still personally feel like we're in spooky season the decorations are still out they're still lit up the candy is still in the bowl yeah not as many trick-or-treaters that's fine um but before we get into today's episode uh before matt rolls his eyes all of our housekeeping items and i will make it quick you just fast forward like 45 seconds and you're probably fine the first one is we're on all your favorite social media we're on instagram facebook youtube and twitter for now we'll see what happens to twitter (laughs) in like a couple months from now i don't really know how long daddy elon is gonna keep things running we'll see um and uh you could always dm us on any of those platforms uh or just leave comments on youtube but the best way to probably reach us is sending us an email at boost and confused podcast at gmail.com i always like to hear creepy stories and all that good stuff from everybody um what else if you like the pod and you want to support us the best way that you can do that is by leaving us a review and or subscribing or following wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we appreciate it. It makes us cry every time. Like, why are you people? Every time. <laughs> why are you people looking at this? Stop. Yeah. After after 100 episodes, I'd figure you guys knew this was shit, but it's fine. <laughs> um, 
So if you do one of those things and you take a screenshot and you send it to us, we'll send you some Boost and Confuse stickers in the mail for free to wherever you are in the world. We will try. I'll send you something for sending us anything. Um, anything. No no foot pics. Yeah. <laughs> and no cat poops. Uh, but cat everything poops. else is probably on the table. Um, what else? Uh, what are you drinking? So I'm going to be honest. I'm holding a beer right now. It is the Squeezy Rider West Coast IPA uh, from Deschutes because this is Costco beer. The Costco pack, yeah. Um, I'm not going to drink this right now because I have a game tonight and it's against my friends and I just want to destroy them. So I want to be totally sharp. Peak performance. And zero beers in the system. I've... The, the last time I tried to play sports after having had a few beers, I uh, I struck out in 16 in softball like three times. That's embarrassing. It was very embarrassing. It's embarrassing. They still talk about it. Yeah. This is like eight <laughs> years ago. Um, I'm also drinking Deschutes, but I'm actually drinking it this time. This is the Fresh Squeezed IPA. It is delightful. It's hoppy. Uh, it's from Oregon, and it's 60 IBU and 6.4% ABV. And it's juicy. It's a juicy IPA. It is a juicy Juicy IPA. IPA. Juicy IPAs. Only juicy IPAs here. Speaking of juicy IPA, what's that cat doing over there? I don't know. This cat is... Like, we said a couple episodes, we're just done trying to edit shit out because we don't want to make it sound like everything's perfect over here because it's not. So, welcome to our reality uh, where a cat is constantly rubbing her ass up against my legs uh, while we try to record because she just wants attention. I'm just waiting for her to go into her little condemned cat house and just scratch <laughs> the ever-living crap out of it. No, this one is, uh, it's not condemned. This is the uh, winter-themed cat house. We this have is, two this cat is my, houses. Um, uh, this is my winter house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is where she vacations uh, I go in south the in the winter. <laughs> it's much nicer down here in the winter. Oh, my God. I have no neighbors. Great great property i'm right next to a bar yeah no one bothers me (laughs) the bar is where we record the podcast it's great yeah it's great she can't reach anything because she's too short and also she doesn't have thumbs so she can't pour any drinks but it's fine it makes it look good for her property value (laughs) it's it's really going up yeah (laughs) all right so she she also will like hide dead bodies around her property (laughs) to keep people away yeah of course absolutely that's the zillow trick you know um, okay, so today we're doing a ranker article of uh, 12 most convincing real life ghost stories. Um, but as we go through and read them, I think we're gonna we'll, we'll read them and then we'll maybe talk about it and decide whether or not we think it's bullshit or if it's real. Yeah, um, one thing about this site is that I they make these lists and I'm like, really half of these things are legit. The other half are kind of like, lame and it's definitely a stretch and you just want to have that number yeah 12 you had your word count yeah where you yeah. Do, where you do that like little like if you're writing a paper for class and, oh yeah and, yeah, yeah. And you double adjust, space you just write words and then mm-hmm. like white out the letters <laughs> yeah this 1000 word paper is only a page long yeah how did you do it yeah yeah, I, I remember being back in the content writing days of work uh, where I used to have to write listicles like this. And it was always, there was always some like secret special number uh, that people responded to 
you know, it was always like a little bit more than maybe eight, less than 15, somewhere in there is a sweet spot. All about I that can psychology. confirm as a reader of things <laughs> when I'm reading like articles on like the athletic, uh-huh. mm-hmm. give me like eight to 10 paragraphs. If you go beyond that, you've, That's a you've lot. lost me. Because I'm going to be honest, I don't read beyond the headline. So oh, eight I to like, 10 paragraphs is a lot of reading. It's it's on soccer and I I'm, love it. I'm joking so I'm... for the record. In case my dad listens to this, <sighs> I do read more than just the headlines. So for the record. Uh, okay. The first uh, most convincing real life ghost story is the tsunami ghosts in Japanese cabs. going to go off the bat and just say <laughs> legit. Yeah. I like this one a lot. I feel like we've talked about it a lot. Um, I can't remember if this one made an appearance in Dark Tourist. I think it not. was Dark Tourist. Yeah. It was when he was in, oh, that's he was right. in Japan. Yes. yes. He was in the the zone impacted by the tsunami. Yes. Was it the Fukushima yeah. like uh-huh. reactor and uh-huh. stuff? Yeah. This this is I I hold this one very legit. Yeah, so do I. Uh, so the little description here, after the devastating tsunami in 2011, college student Yuka Kodo, Kudo uh, traveled to Ishinomaki, Ishinomaki, Ishinomaki. Uh, a town where 6,000 people died, and asked cab drivers if they had any unusual experiences after the disaster. Most ignored her, but seven cab drivers talked up of picking up ghost passengers, and their accounts were eerily similar. Uh, According to the drivers, the ghosts who looked like normal people would get into the cabs and give their destination only to disappear without paying the fare. One such passenger asked her driver to take her to a district that had been wiped out by the waves. When he told her what it was like there, she said, have I died? When he turned around to look at her, she was gone. Ooh, I just got chills at my back reading that one. From the Dark Tourist episode, uh, distinctly remember them talking to drivers who had talked about like having these discussions with the passengers Mm -hmm. who are asking like am i dead or not sure if i'm mixing stories from other things or not but like becoming scared while in the cab and then just like vanishing yeah yeah, like panicking. Uh, reminds me of what's what's the ghost near us? Resurrection, Resurrection Mary. Mary. Yeah, there's a we did a haunted Chicago episode. I want to say last year we talked about a lot of Chicago haunts because apparently uh uh you know we got a lot of them here. Resurrection Mary is I would say like decently close to us. It's in Chicago, um, and it is a very spooky story. Basically, like a young woman dressed in all white, I believe. Uh, walks up and down this specific street next to Resurrection Cemetery. Uh, Like, people go to pick her up. She's in the car, and then she's gone. And she's gone. And then she's gone. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to say I believe the Tsunami Ghosts in Japan story. That's one of my favorite ones. Legit. Uh, Okay, number two is the Bell Witch of Tennessee. Uh, the story of Bell Witch of Tennessee is one of the more famous true ghost stories in American history. It inspired several several documentaries and a major motion picture, uh, an American haunting for anyone who's watched it. Uh, it's apparently one of the most well-documented true ghost stories ever. That's in like very loose quotes. 
Um, this story first surfaced in the early 1800s after farmer John Bell and his family moved from North Carolina to the community of Red River, Tennessee, which later became the town of Adams. And as Bell amassed more and more land in the area, eventually up to 300-something acres, the family started to report a variety of strange encounters. These included finding an animal that appeared to be a hybrid between a dog and a rabbit, a series of apparent hallucinations that included night terrors about rats gnawing away at the family's beds and eventually a series of faint whispering voices that sounded almost like old women softly singing hymns according to historians family members later found a vial of unknown liquid in the house and they gave a dose of what they gave a dose of the liquid to the cat who immediately died come here starbuck what We're the cats. Oh, my God. According to the stories following the Battle of New Orleans, future President Andrew Jackson came to the Bell Farm to investigate the stories of a haunting, and it was he who dubbed the entity the Bell Witch. And by 1820, John Bell had grown ill and more convinced than ever that the presence in his house wished him ill. It's said that after his funeral, the ghost could be heard singing and laughing loudly in the graveyard. And after his death, save for a few reported encounters during which the entity bid the family farewell, the presence seemed to fairly uh or sorry largely disappear from the home that's a cool story that's a cool story minus the the, the, you know the cat yeah okay i didn't like that part and also if it wasn't clear we haven't really read these in depth before this episode so our reactions are um genuine yeah fuck them for killing the cat uh but I don't know. I'm on the fence. I feel like that one could be explained in a few different ways. I feel like a lot of paranormal stuff like that can be explained. Um, what, do, what do you think? This this rings of some like gas leak <laughs> or yeah. this liquid they found clearly had to be something that was not good. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it was instantly fatal mm-hmm. to ingest, it had must have done something mm-hmm. just to be like inhaled or like you know like be around yeah um yeah. considering people in like the like 1800s you know if if you didn't breathe heavily enough or like have like a very strong heartbeat you're dead like i have taken your pulse before like mm-hmm. held my fingers to your neck and mm-hmm. i do not feel a pulse half the time me yes oh is am i awake when this happens yeah I, yeah oh okay Sometimes when you're asleep. <laughs> I also put on yeah. the bell finger thing. <laughs> the to, pulse oximeter. She breathing. She breathing. Oh my God. The executive producer was sick last week to the point where we were like, should we go in there and measure her breathing? So I did. And she was fine. Naturally. I also put the pulse oximeter on her hand, but she probably had some nightmares from that of like what creature is touching my fingers while I sleep. Yeah. Th- but this one rings of like this like liquid. Yeah. Or, or the, the, the guy just being a bad person overall yeah yeah torturing the family or something who knows let's go to the lizzie borden house yeah lizzie borden house is is this the lady who gave her family a bunch of wax with the axe uh yeah she she axe whacked him axe whacked everyone yeah axed him axe whacker uh this is in massachusetts um which on august 4th 1892 uh andrew and abby borden who were a wealthy married couple, were killed. And so Andrew's body was discovered by his daughter Lizzie on the couch in the family sitting room, while his wife, Abby, Lizzie's stepmother, was found in a locked upstairs guest bedroom. 
Both had apparently been killed with a hatchet by blows powerful enough to cleanly split Andrew's left eyeball. Uh, Lizzie was arrested in connection with the crime as a number of circumstantial pieces of evidence pointed to her involvement, though a hatchet was found. No evidence tied it to actual murders and no blood evidence was discovered. It was also said that Lizzie may have attempted to poison the family earlier using Prusic acid as she had purchased it, but this as well could not be proved. A prolonged trial went on, which became something of a national obsession. Lizzie was acquitted. She and her sister Emma moved to a different home in the same town of Fall River and lived under the name Lizbeth Borden, using much of her inheritance to pay off members of Abby's family to avoid the lawsuits. <laughs> I imagine she's walking around town with like the fucking uh, fake glasses with the with fake the mustache. <laughs> Yeah. She died of pneumonia in 1927, and though it's popularly believed to this day that Borden was the killer, some historians have presented alternate theories, including that the maid, Bridget Sullivan, may have been the one responsible as she was upset about having been asked to clean the home's windows on a hot day. N- it's natural response. That's how I want to respond when I'm told to, uh, I don't know, like, mow the lawn. Yeah, absolutely. I actually love mowing the lawn. Um, so today, the Lizzie Burden home is a bed and breakfast and a museum. It is also thought to be one of the most haunted places in the U.S. Visitors have reported seeing unexplained ghostly apparitions throughout the house. I think any house that has has, has this kind of weight to it, you're bound to have these stories. Yeah, um, I, I agree. This historically did happen. But if you're going to stay in a house that is a B and B, that is the spot of horrendous murder, your brain's gonna want to see stuff. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I think I do think there are paranormal things that can happen, but I also think there are things that maybe happen that that have explainable reasons, and people just automatically tie it to. Uh, Oh, it's ghosts because of the nature of where they are. This next one is very recent in our memories. It's the Stanley Hotel. We did, what, I think, the, like the, a whole episode wait, on this. The, the what? The Stanley Hotel. Never heard of it. Uh, Stanley Hotel is in Estes Park, Colorado, built in 1909 by Stanley Steamer founder Freeland O. Stanley. Uh, arguably the most famous haunted building in America. Uh, there's so, I mean, if you're like interested in the Stanley Hotel, definitely go back and listen to our episode. We also talk a little bit about our own experience being there and doing a little ghost tour. Um, but the hotel apparently didn't really become famous until Stephen King lived at the hotel for a little bit of time and had his own scary experiences which he believed you know to have written the shining up about on based on whatever you want to call it um so the hotel runs the film version of the shining on like a continuous loop for guest televisions it's very cute there's like a little thing in the basement um there's a really nice whiskey bar and everything too but 
Among some of the reported ghost sightings, um, there's sounds of parties going on in the main ballroom when the rooms are actually empty. Uh, people claim to have seen ghosts standing at the ends of their beds in the middle of the night. Uh, patrons claim to have seen the ghost of Freeland Stanley's wife, a piano player, uh, performing on the piano in the lobby. There's a lot of other stories that um, I particularly like the older woman who forces herself in between the unwed couples who are staying in a certain room. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say I believe this one. I I believe the Stanley Hotel stuff we've for got the most li- part. Yeah. We've got a little Orby friend on all of our pictures. Yeah, we do. Yeah, could be a dust speck. <laughs> probably could be dust. my dead skin. <laughs> wanted so badly air. for that kid to move the lollipop. Remember that? Oh yeah, I yeah, really yeah. wanted that to happen. I really yeah. wanted that. Uh, really tangible evidence. I I bet no one really gets any kind of action on those tours. I would, well, I feel like all those tour guides have some sort of anecdotal experience of like, oh, on one of my last tours, this happened. But like, but not the one that you're really, on. Yeah, but not yours. Yeah, not the one you're on, buddy. <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of hotels, we'll go down to the French Quarter. New Orleans. I would love to go to New Orleans, but <sighs> I've heard way too much shit about the cockroaches there. So I'm not bothered by that. It's just like the heat. Yeah. And being below sea level. Yeah, that too. That also makes me a little uncomfy. Uh, so we've got the French Quarter ghosts of the Hotel Montleon. I'm uh, so happy you're taking this one because I um, don't know how to pronounce that. Monte Leone? <laughs> Mont- Montleon. If you are ever planning on visiting New Orleans, you should know that it is without a question the most haunted city in America. Ghostly sightings are virtually everywhere throughout the city, particularly in the famed historic French Quarter. So many hotels claim to be haunted, but one in particular boasts a lot of ghosts. The Hotel Montleon, sitting at 214 Royale Street. The hotel is the only high-rise building in the interior of the French Quarter and has become famous for its rotating carousel bar. That sounds dope. It's like, hey, get back here with my drink. <laughs> the uh, the hotel dates back to the 1880s when Sicilian immigrant Antonio Montleon moved to New Orleans and set up shop on site as a cobbler. That's a shoemaker for you millennials. Excuse me. <laughs> he He ended up taking over the nearby hotel and expanding his business and the enterprise had, has continued to grow ever since. Reported ghostly sightings at uh, the Montleon are so common, it's impossible to write about them all. Several guests have claimed to see and hear ghostly children playing in the hotel's halls, especially the 14th floor. Additionally, based on the testimony of witnesses, the lobby area is apparently very, very haunted, like poltergeist haunted. On many nights, around 8 p.m., the doors of the lobby restaurant are said to mysteriously unlock and then close themselves back up. A diverse group of individuals claim to have witnessed this ghostly phenomenon. What do you think? Haunted or bullshit? Send me to the 14th floor and I'll find out. <laughs> I'm I'm not too... I'm, uh, You're not convinced. Doors can open all the time. Yeah. Doors open all the time. Maybe yeah. it's, it's an old building. You've got the... You know, like, like the building settles over time, maybe one of those doors, maybe that door just isn't quite right in that latch. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am buying it. <laughs> I am buying it. So actually, this reminds me, my my oldest brother went to, I want to say he was in New Orleans because he came back and gave me a voodoo doll. What did you do with the voodoo doll? I don't actually know. I'll have to check my parents' house the next time I go back there. I can't imagine I ever that threw it away. That is not coming back here. No, no, no. It shouldn't. That is not coming back here. But what here. if it did? Just kidding. Um, and now so if I'm, your dad hears about this... <laughs> It's going to make an, an appearance. It's going to it's going to end up It's like that it's doll. It's going to be in the bathroom. It's like that doll yeah. that I keep hiding like yeah. with the Christmas decorations. Yeah. yeah. It's like I don't, that. I don't appreciate that. Um I'm inclined to say I believe some of this one as well. I think New Orleans does definitely carry that sort of um name to it of like the most haunted city in America. However, I do take issue with places that promote themselves as being super duper haunted um in a sense of like do they kind of like make shit up or like beef stuff up just to sell more stuff to tourists i mean i'm, I'm sure that they do but um i i believe maybe some of the haunting that happens here but i i am sure it's probably a case of stretching the truth a little bit it's the humidity <laughs> It's the humidity. <laughs> the humidity does everything. I think the humidity does something to the the electromagnetic fields of things. Uh-huh. Also, uh-huh. the wood will expand mm-hmm. and stuff. And con- yep. Those doors are going to open because that wood yeah. is so moist. Yeah. It's very moist. 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 Welcome to the Moist, moist. Podcast. Moist. <laughs> Um, the next one, I feel like plantations are haunted as shit and they all should be. Um, so this one is Chloe and the Myrtles plantation. Uh, so remaining in Louisiana, we now focus our attention on the 215 year old Myrtles plantation in St. Francisville. Uh, the site was commissioned in 1796 by general David Bradford, nicknamed whiskey Dave. (laughs) Call me whiskey man. Uh, because of his participation in the Whiskey Rebellion, which I personally did not learn about in school. So I will have to go look that up uh, and understand what the hell the Whiskey Rebellion is. Do you know? I, I want to say I do. I, feel like I just want to. I just want to say that I do. Yeah, you want to say that you do, but you don't because it's about whiskey, and, and you're gonna look it up. No, it's just so it's just... after Whiskey Dave's passing, the plantation was left to his daughter Sarah and her husband Clark Woodruff, uh, who had been one of his law students. Yes, tax protest. Oh, it was a tax protest. Interesting. Beginning yeah. in 1791 and ending in 1794 during the presidency of. George Washington. Yep, that's what I was going to say. First and the worst. (laughs) Uh, Perhaps the most famous Myrtle's ghost is Chloe, said to have been a slave working at the plantation when it was owned by Sarah and Clark. Depending on the version of the legend, Chloe was either sexually assaulted or punished for some offense by Clark, resulting in the loss of her ear, where she would then go on to cover up with some green wrap or turban, and Chloe then apparently used uh, oleander leaves? Yeah. Growing on the plantation to bake a poison cake for Clark, but instead Sarah and her daughters ate it and were killed. And Chloe was distraught and feared punishment and then drowned herself in the Mississippi River. This is a very depressing story. I wish I read this one ahead of time. You know, if if she had tried to drown herself, maybe this year in the river might not have gone so well. You yeah. can drown in a puddle of water. Yeah, it only takes two inches to but drown. The Mississippi River is it's very low. Very low. Scary low. 
Yeah, we'll save that for another. They're finding the skeletons of boats. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of shit that's gonna turn. It's like Lake Mead all over again. Um, there's other versions of the story that say other slaves hung or drowned Chloe as retribution. And, uh, it's said that a woman in a green turban haunts the grounds. And it was also customary at that time in the South to cover all the mirrors in a home after the people who lived there die. But this was not done to one mirror in particular in the plantation. And it is now believed the souls of Sarah and her daughters are trapped inside. Trapped in the mirror? Some have claimed to see handprints on the mirror where the spirits have tried to escape. Oh. Uh, According to local legend, the plantation is home to a total of 12 ghosts, though it's been said that over 10 murders have happened on the site. The only one that has been verified in the historical record is the death of William Winter. He was shot and killed there in 1871 after being interrupted from teaching a group of children uh, a Sunday school lesson. Uh, never found the killer, never identified him. According to the legends, though, after being lured outside and shot by a mysterious win- uh, rider, Winter then re-entered the house looking for his wife, began climbing the central staircase to reach her, making it only to the 17th step before dying. And today they say you can still hear his footsteps echoing through the hallway, trying desperately to reach his beloved, but never quite making it to her. Oh, that's sad. Uh, And also just add a little cherry on top because that's how these always go. Other rumors point to the plantation as having been built on an Indian burial ground. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. That's the source of like 95% of hauntings, I'm going to say. Throw that into the legit category. Uh, So what do you think? Real or bullshit? Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with it. What, you, what, real? uh, Yeah, let's go with it. Let's go. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the uh, plantation haunts that I that I hear about are probably true. I, I give some credence to that. But you know what I don't give credence to? <laughs> Is it Parma? A gas station ghost <laughs> in Parma, Ohio. That, that would be Ohio. <laughs> Um, so uh, long, long story short, there is a gas station in Parma, Ohio, um, where you can look at surveillance footage and it's like a blue fog appears to be like hovering like a gas um, over over the pumps. And perhaps the most disturbing thing about the ghost is the way that it appears to remain dormant for a while before suddenly flying off in a random direction. Um, what could be going on here? I have my theories. Um, most of the obvious theories that it is some sort of chemical or residue in the air that was catching the light and appearing on the video, uh, that it's a bag or some other like real-world material that just looks fuzzy on camera and so forth, seems, um, you know, there's, there's no official explanation, um, but people have talked about it. Um, in this, there's a video actually on, on the site, and I mean... It looks kind of like it is like a blue blob of sorts. I mean, it could just be like a bad camera. It could just be a bad camera. I, I'm I'm not taking much credence on this one. The this one's whack. I am looking at this now, and uh, like watching the video. It's it's. It's like a large fly on the camera, just blurry. I'm definitely going to say this one is bullshit. This one is for sure bullshit. It looks like a bug. 
It looks like it's just a bug. If That's you see my opinion. A leprechaun in the tree, say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Um, no, it's a ghost. It's a- <laughs> uh, all right. The next one is Honest Undead Abe. I do really like the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer book. Vampire Hunter book. And the, the movie that followed. Yeah. The guy who plays Abraham Lincoln in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter is the high elf king in Rings of Power. Really? How yeah. did you make that connection? Um, Because I thought he was the roommate from Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, not yeah. Not Nick Frost. No, 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 no. Not Simon No, the Peg. other one. The one, uh, what, the, yeah. No, uh, the what one is it, who's Pete? Pete. I think it's Pete. Pete. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was Pete. Um, it's not. It is the same gentleman who played Abe Lincoln in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. That's great to know. I'm going to rewatch Rings of Power as soon as you leave today. Uh, there are a sh- number of strange, eerie circumstances surrounding the Lincoln assassination. In particular, the president seemed to have a premonition about his own death in a dream. And he told his friend about a strange dream in which he wandered unknowingly into a funeral being held in the White House's East Room. Unable to make out the face of the corpse, he asked a nearby guard who died. Who is dead in the White House, say I? The president is his answer. He was killed by an assassin. Only a few days later, Lincoln himself was dead, felled by an assassination, uh, an assassin's bullet. His funeral was, in fact, held in the East Room of the White House. And it said that Mary Todd Lincoln's first audible words following the assassination were amazement at how the president had foreseen what would happen. Side note, not within the notes itself, we definitely did an episode on the hauntings of the White House mm-hmm. years ago. Years ago. Jesus, we've been only doing this for two years. It was, it was like <laughs> it was it was, so long ago. I think it was in the fall of 2020, maybe. I don't know. I'm sure you guys will find it. Uh, but Mary Todd Lincoln did some crazy shit in the house after they lost their son. Um, she held like seances and all of this other stuff. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. Uh, In the years after 1865, numerous witnesses, including several future presidents, have claimed to see or interact with Lincoln's ghost, who apparently has set up a permanent residence in the White House. And they include Eleanor Roosevelt, who kept her study in Lincoln's former bedroom. Um, She said she never actually saw his ghost, but she felt his presence many times, which... (laughs) Okay, Eleanor. (laughs) I never saw him, but I felt the... Lincoln oh presence. my god yeah i mean what a specific like it could be any ghost how do you know it's lincoln's this definitely Ellie? wasn't uh, james uh, john adams yeah <laughs> one of the other ones george washington <laughs> uh during the roosevelt presidency a number of other sightings occurred a young clerk claimed to have seen lincoln sitting on a bed removing a pair of boots uh queen wilhelmina of the Netherlands, was spending the night in the White House and claimed Lincoln woke her up by knocking at her door. What, did she open the door and he was there, or did she just assume it was him by the knocks? I just love that name, Wilhelmina. Yeah, it's a pretty cool name. Wilhelmina. Uh, First Lady Grace Goodhue, uh, who's the wife of Calvin Coolidge, uh, reportedly saw Lincoln standing with his arms clasped behind his back, lost in thought and staring at the Potomac. Uh, Winston Churchill and Lyndon Johnson both joked about having conversations with an undead Lincoln, um, but 
you know, they were both insane, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, a number of other presidents, including Teddy Roosevelt, Herbert Hoover, Harry Truman, have reported uh, spooky or inexplicable going-ons within the White House, claiming that they were the work of Lincoln. Um, it's unclear, however, whether any of the men actually saw Lincoln's spirit with their own eyes. Uh no Lincoln ghost sightings have been reported from the White House since the Truman administration. But Hillary Clinton reportedly told told Rosie O'Donnell the source of all truth. <laughs> talk about talk about two people who <laughs> Oh gosh. Not Hillary on. Clinton. I mean Rosie O'Donnell is I mean, whatever about Hillary Clinton, but Rosie O'Donnell is not somebody that I'm like, she's speaking the truth. You remember when <laughs> she was in League of Their Own? No. Great movie. No, I do not remember that. Uh, But Hillary said that she often felt creeped out in the White House. Uh, It can be a little creepy. She said, you know, they think there's a ghost there. It's a big old house. And when the lights are out, it is dark and quiet and any movement at all catches your attention. And that's and that's it for me. And that's it. and, And that's it for me. That's that's it. Big old house. Your brain just goes there. Yeah, exactly. What I want to know, does Lincoln know where the emails are? Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to ask him next time he comes to knocking. Oh my God! So, what do you think? That's uh, the Lincoln stuff is true, or I think bullshit? it's all I think it's all shenanigans. But it's my homeboy Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I've been to his house a couple times. Have you? I trust my oh, boy oh, Lincoln. Oh, in Springfield. I yeah, trust yeah, my yeah. boy Lincoln. Yeah. He's an honest boy. Yeah. If if he's a ghost, he's a ghost. Yeah. So. I, I do believe the stuff about him having his uh, like premonition of his own death and all that other stuff. I don't know if I necessarily, I, I maybe believe the um like, oh, I saw him taking off his boots or something like that. I don't know if I really trust the other stuff. It feels a little bit too like, it could be Lincoln. <laughs> it's actually, uh, it's actually Calvin Coolidge. <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep this rolling. Do, do you want me to take it? No, I'll take it. Okay, go ahead. Give me the Winchester Mystery House. I love this house. I was like obsessed with this house nope. for a very short while. I the first time I saw it oh, was on were? one of those like haunted places in America on like Discovery Channel or something. I have I have not heard of this this um little tiny shack. This probably would fit in our front yard. Very small. Very small place. The Winchester Mystery House, which is a popular tourist attraction. So I'm already on my way out for saying no on this one. All right, I'm going to head out. <laughs> is a mansion in San Jose, California, located at 525 South Winchester Boulevard. It was once the home of Sarah Winchester, the widow of William Wirt Winchester, and heiress to the Winchester rifle fortune. Work began on the house under Sarah's direct supervision in 1884 and continued until her death in 1922. Because work on the home was constantly ongoing, the result is a chaotic building with no master floor plan and a number of eccentric touches. This does ring a bell, actually. Uh, some, so like some stairways that don't lead anywhere, the doors with no rooms behind them. Fun fact... We have a college, a uh, university in Chicago that has something very similar where they began building different parts of the school and then ran out of money. So they were like, oh, shit. So there are actually staircases that lead to walls or doors 
that used to lead to maybe like a bridge or something that have since been removed. It's very creepy. Yeah. My, um, my roommate, you know what? I'm going to finish this and then I'll get to my roommate and I story. It's, it's about a, a strangely placed ladder in a building. Uh, so this, this house has weird doors and etc. Sarah's life was interrupted by two tragedies from which she never fully recovered. The first was the loss of her daughter, Annie Party Winchester, when the child was only a few weeks old, from the disease Marasmus. The second was the death of her husband, William, 15 years later, of tuberculosis. This left Sarah broken, uh, but also fantastically rich, inheriting an income of $1,000 each day, which is in our money, $22,000 each day. Which also in the grand scheme of like millionaires and billionaires, still not a lot of money. It's a lot of money to people like us, but not 20, a lot of money to people like that. 22000 a couple of years ago was like a majority of my annual income. Uh, <laughs> according to the most popular retellings, following her husband's death, Sarah feared that she and the Winchester family were cursed. So she consulted a psychic either in Boston or near her home in New Haven, Connecticut, who told her to move west and build a home for herself that would also house the spirits of those who had been killed with Winchester rifles. They sound like terrible roommates, I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of people who've been killed by Winchester rifles. (laughs) The medium is alleged to have also told Sarah that if construction on the house ever stopped, the spirits would grow restless and kill her. The, See, why couldn't our Fiverr psychics tell us that kind of shit? I need some very specific information, <laughs> Fiverr psychics. So for 38 years, um, Sarah lived in the house and ensured that construction continued constantly, even attempting to have work done on the house 24 hours a day, seven days a week. What would the HOA say? What about the holidays? What about Thanksgiving? <laughs> Uh, She also integrated the number 13 into the home whenever possible. There are 13 bathrooms. Each window has 13 panes. The house has a total of 13 chandeliers and so forth. Following the 1906 earthquake, she refused to have damaged portions of the home fixed up, assuming that, that the damage was the work of angry spirits who might be further enraged by repairs. Ghostly sightings are quite common in the Winchester Mystery House. In addition to the spirits of those killed by Winchesters, whom Sarah believed lived there, some have cited spirits they believe were staff who once worked in the home. Still, others report seeing a woman fitting Sarah Winchester's description, dressed in Victorian garb, of course, wandering the stairs and hanging out in the kitchen. I'm going to call shenanigans. This is grief and guilt. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to hear maybe some more modern uh, accounts of people seeing these apparitions or sightings. Oh, this is this is shenanigans. This is just a very sad woman. She's been through a lot. <laughs> it's a very sad woman. She has definitely been through a lot. Also, I feel like I keep plugging past episodes, but we also did an episode on why ghosts are always wearing Victorian garb. That was like, that was like, like number one or two. That was, yeah, that, that was, was one of our that first was a ways, episodes. That was a ways back. And, uh, the answer is capitalism. That's why. 
So I don't know what I believe for that one. I do believe maybe there's some weird shit that happens in the Winchester Mystery House. I probably don't believe it's the people who were killed by the Winchester rifles. There wouldn't be enough room for all the people who've been killed by Winchester. It's a really big house. It's It's a very popular gun company. Yeah. Well, that's, that's also very true. Um, okay, the next one is the Asheville ghost. Uh, it's a high school Asheville ghost. High school a high school ghost. ghost. Uh, Asheville High in Asheville, North Carolina is one of those schools with motion-activated surveillance cameras. On Friday, August 1st at 2.51 a.m., the cameras turned on in time to catch a shadowy blob appear in front of an elevator and then dart around a bit before ending up in the hallway. Some teachers from the school and paranormal enthusiasts from around Asheville were clicked to quick to label the inexplicable apparition a ghost one of the teachers offered this theory uh to you know a local news channel saying it's a ghost of course it's a ghost it's the ghost of some former student who is really angry with this teacher and has to come back to has to come back to get back with the teacher and he's just making himself known at this time what does that mean has to come back to get back with the teacher was it to a come back there? to get back for get back yeah, maybe, maybe at. It's, yeah maybe it's just a bad preposition there i don't really know education's important <laughs> yeah obviously uh she seems to have a lot of information about this angry dead student did Asheville pd ever look into this further one more skeptical local residents uh sorry other more skeptical local residents have done their best to debunk the ghost theory without great success what's clear is one Something must have been there to set off the motion detector. And two, that thing appears to be able to change its shape. Oh, creepy. I haven't watched the video, but I will. Most eerily, if it's a shadow being cast by something not seen on the video, how is it so rapidly changing shape at one point morphing into what almost looks like the form of a small child? Let's take a very quick look. Oh, this video is two and a half minutes. I'm not doing that. Um, I've 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 been glancing at it while you've been talking. What do you think? Um, I mean, fast forwarding. I mean, there's there's stuff popping up. There's little like lobby things, and some things look kind of human shapeish. Other things don't quite look human shapeish. Um, yeah. Uh, Ooh, you know what? This one looks pretty legit. I mean, yeah, what do I, I what, actually my my ghost video uh, watching, you know, expertise here is 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 very much going to use. The more that I watch of this video, the more I'm like, "Ooh, this might actually be something." Because if you think about what would be required to set off something that's motion activated like that, I ooh yeah, I kind of like this one actually. I don't think I've seen this one before either. I give this one a, a big thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. I would be curious. So for anyone who's going to go back and watch this uh, video later, it's towards the end of the page. Asheville High School Ghost. Would love to hear your thoughts. Maybe I'll put a little poll on the Instas later. Should should students be forced to stay after school? As to ghost, deal with as ghost? as ghosts? No, 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 no. Not to deal with ghosts, but just just as ghosts. Can you just say you're dismissed? Look. Oh, this, oh, I see what you're saying. This could just be a moth, though. It could, well, I don't it know if that would a, set off could, the motion detect system. It could just be a moth. I don't know. I'm inclined to believe that that one's actually a little bit of a ghost. I'm still giving it a thumbs up. But yeah, I'm, same. I'm, I'm still leaving it open to be a moth. 
Let's go to Alcatraz. Yeah. Speaking of prisons, right? School, am I right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's go to Alcatraz. Uh, Alcatraz Island was first used as a military prison in the late 1850s and later served as a federal prison until 1963. It's probably the most famous prison in the U.S. The prison claimed that despite 36 prisoners making a total of 14 escape attempts, no prisoner has ever successfully made it off the island. The most violent escape attempt was made in 1946 when six prisoners attempted to flee the island, resulting eventually in the deaths of three inmates and two guards. Famous convicts held in Alcatraz included Al Capone, Machine Gun Kelly. And for the record, the that's not the musician not to the all musician. of you Gen Zers, for the record. And millennials. James Whitey Bulger, uh, Mickey Cohen, and Bumpy Johnson. <laughs> Ew. While incarcerated in Alcatraz, Capone took to playing the banjo. Years after Capone's death and long after Alcatraz officially shut down, visitors and workers report hearing banjo music in the old shower rooms and in Capone's former cell. Because of the celebrity outlaws who have been held there, as well as the relative isolation of The Rock, from the rest of society, it naturally lent itself to a number of rumors, urban legends, and modern myths about what actually happened there. Uh, so going to cell 14D, an isolation cell, is also believed to be haunted by a ghostly figure. It has been said that in the 1940s, a prisoner locked in 14D screamed to guards that he was being attacked by a creature with glowing eyes and that this prisoner was found dead in his cell the next morning. Perhaps most compelling, the testimony of Alcatraz guards, many of whom claim to have experienced unexplainable things while working on the rock. Many reports of guards investigating the sounds of sobbing or moaning, only to find no one there, were filed. Even a noted skeptic, Warden Johnston, noted that he once believed he heard sobbing from within the building's walls. Additionally, many have claimed to have stumbled upon inexplicable smells on the island or certain spots that are notably colder than their surroundings. Visitors and currently uh, employed people at Alcatraz have also reported hearing strange noises or voices and feeling cold rushes of air, particularly in cell block C, the site of that deadly standoff between several prisoners and guards. What do you think? Um, I'm like kind of in the middle on this one. Do I think that a person who is in isolation was attacked by a ghost? No. Do I think he went fucking crazy and might be a ghost himself now? Yes. If, if you're not killed by the ghost, you become a ghost yourself. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I mean, touristy place. People have of, you ever been to Alcatraz? That's in California, right? No, I think it's off of. Well, I don't fucking know. Actually, I thought it was off of like New York. No. Let's do a little googling. Alcatraz. Yeah, I was right. Ugh. I was what right. am I thinking of? That was off what of are you, Ellis, what are, Island? Ellis Island. Ellis <laughs> Island. 
the beacon of, oh, of hope for God. countless immigrants. Yeah. No, well, it's uh, in California. Yeah. Um, if I ever do a, a California I've, family trip, uh, I've got a lot of places. I hate San Francisco so much. Um, and I've also learned that not all of the sands are together. So not like San Jose That's is sand. not near San Mateo. It's oh, not near sand. San Francisco. Sand. Yeah. My geography is not very good, obviously. Yeah. Alcatraz is in California. Yeah. Um, it makes I, a lot of sense. I got to say, I don't have the biggest desire to ever go to California. At least the big parts. It's a beautiful state. I have no, I, I'm not a big city person to begin with. Um, but I, I just don't want to get caught when it falls into the ocean. Well, yeah, that too. From the big one. Yeah. Yeah. No, we I'm, are, I'm good. We are due for it. We are due for it. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the, in the middle on this one. I think there's probably some creepy shit that happens there. I'd also just like to know a little bit more about like the inexplicable smells on the island. I think it, the different smells could maybe say something. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm giving this a big thumbs down yeah <laughs> i'm giving it a big thumbs down um this is just like a hey come here you might you might see ghosts but you never do or it's like those ghost shows where it's like oh my gosh did you just see mm-hmm. that and it just replays them like looking over the corner of their eyes because the producer like hits the hits the wall have uh you ever heard of that like 19 month period um where the indians of all tribes occupied alcatraz for like 19 months in the name of freedom and Native American civil rights. This is back in like the no. late 60s. No. That is something I could believe maybe would contribute to some hauntings. That's an interesting part of history for a different day. Interesting. Yeah. This is the last one. This is the strange case of Kate Morgan. Kate Morgan. Kate Morgan. Another Where's hotel. A hat? Wearing a hat. The Hotel Del Coronado opened in 1888 in the city of Coronado, California, just across the bay from San Diego, which is not, in fact, by oh San Francisco. Oh They're gosh. very far on a map. They are. Um, it was the largest resort hotel in the world upon first opening and the first resort to use electrical lighting. Uh, it's also a rare surviving example of an all-wooden Victorian-style beach resort. Uh, in November 1892... A woman named Kate Morgan, who used the alias Lottie Bernard. Lottie, Lottie is always Lottie. such a cute name to Lottie. me. I love it. Lottie. Um, checked into the hotel in room 304. The same room still available today, though it's now numbered 3327 for anyone who's going to go. Certainly not me. Uh, she claimed she was there to meet with her brother, a doctor, who was treating her for stomach cancer. Five days after checking in, she was found dead on the steps of the hotel leading down to the beach of an apparently self-inflicted gunshot wound. And that was back in, like, the late 80s. So, fuck, that must have also taken a while to, like, kind of load that gun. And, ooh. Mm. Uh, so it appears the story she told the clerks when checking in about her doctor brother and her illness was also untrue. Instead, she was married to a mail carrier from Nebraska named Tom Morgan. Tom Morgan is like the most basic, like, is Nebraska like a plain state? Is that what you call it? Nebraska it's certainly not exist. the Midwest. Yeah. Nebraska doesn't exist. Uh, was believed to be in San Diego to meet up with a brother who is a professional gambler. It has often been suggest- suggested that the couple was, in fact, con artists or that she had checked in at the hotel planning to have an abortion performed. Um, the case was remained a 
sorry, the case has remained a subject of fascination and conjecture ever since. Uh, in the late 1980s, lawyer Alan May speculated that Morgan may have been murdered, claiming that the coroner found a bullet in her head that did not match the gun that she owned. Yeah, I can't imagine forensics back in <laughs> the late 1800s was really up to par. Um, I believe she died from an upset stomach, yeah. uh, an angry <laughs> spleen. And also ghosts. Her blood was very <laughs> bad, so we tried to suck the blood out with leeches. Yeah, and the leeches didn't do it. The case was never reopened, however, and remains officially a suicide. Her ghost is thought to uh, continue to haunt the Del Coronado to this very day, typically via strange going-ons in room 3327, where she stayed. Uh, strange presences have also been felt in rooms 3502 and 3312 over the years. The hotel's official website makes passing mention of the ghost, and the hotel has like a heritage department that at one time released a full book and investigation on the case called The Beautiful Stranger, The Ghost of Kate Morgan and the Hotel Del Coronado. And the book has since been removed from circulation. So take that as you will. What do you think about this one? Thumbs down. Big thumbs down. Big for thumbs me. down. Big, big thumbs down. Big thumbs down from me. Uh, unless there's something else in here that uh, this Ranker article does not have, you know, maybe... Maybe it would change my mind, but I'm going to give this one a thumbs down. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Any uh, any other uh, scary ghost stories or spooky stories that you're like, maybe it's real, maybe it's not real? She, well, geez, really putting me on the <laughs> spot here. I always like to just open up the floor before I, I end our conversations. No, I've I've already shared on the pod some strange little hiccups that I thought were mm -hmm. kind of strange. Uh, there is, there is one that I, I remember fondly. And since I was teaching my students about like tone and, you know, creepy ambiance. So we read the Raven mm -hmm. and I have this very fond memory. It's, it's, it's half fond, half terrifying. Um, we, and by we, I mean a couple of my friends and I, we went to Iowa with an old teacher friend. He, he was having us, work on his family cemetery it was a very old cemetery in the middle of nowhere and so like we're just doing like you know like like landscaping and and stuff and so we're staying in this hotel he has one room we have another one and he had memorized the raven by heart so he performed it astoundingly and then you know like we're playing cards and stuff and then we go to bed and that night uh, the power went out due to this terrible thunderstorm and my friends are on one bed and I'm on the pullout couch um, on the other side of the room with a divider in between us and I'm awakened by a loud crash of thunder and I wake up and then at the foot of my bed is a very large human-shaped shadowy figure Ooh. to which I try to get out of bed but I am half awake and I'm fumbling and I fall. I hit my head mm -hmm. on the little divider. Um, they wake up. It's clearly not either of them messing mm -hmm. with me. Mm -hmm. There was something that when the lightning came off, uh, it, it was a very like, you know, it was like a six and a half foot, seven foot tall, beefy, Ooh. shadowy boy. Leather Daddy from American Horror I'm not Story. watching that season. <laughs> I'm not watching that season. I'm over it. Uh, but that's yeah, really that's, creepy. That was a story that I don't think I've told you before. No. I, I've kind of forgotten about it, but then... Whenever I think of the Raven, I think of that teacher, yeah. and I think of that story. Yeah. So it's been. Do you have uh, sleep to me. paralysis issues? 
Um, it's happened twice to me where like I I know that it happened, but I also was working on like like active dreaming, like lucid dreaming. Oh yes, which yes. I know one of the I side remember. effects is sleep paralysis. Yeah. So the times that it's happened, I've I've known enough to like ignore what my brain is saying. Like, oh, that's a that's a demon nurse. Yep. You're gonna get no. I just move my finger and I'm I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, this was not sleep paralysis. This was me waking up and seeing something and falling out of bed in yeah. a terrified stupor. Yeah. I'd give that one a big thumbs up. No, no, no bullshit calls from me. The only like trying to think. The only like real like, ooh, what the hell kind of paranormal experience I've had was my grandma passed away. Uh, in the late 2000s. And after she passed away, her house still remained in the family and she had a cat. And the cat, we would all take turns going over to take care of the cat who just lived in this house alone. Um, which looking back on it, maybe he could have used a friend. I don't know. Oh, I know this story. Okay. Yep. And so um, because she was, you know, at the, towards the end of her her time she lived alone she had like a caretaker but uh she had a security system that was like pretty souped up like real beefed up so there were motion detectors throughout the house and you could not set the alarm to to leave or to go to bed at night until all the motion in the house had stopped now i'll note that the motion detector system would not pick up anything lighter than like 30 pounds so it wouldn't really pick up like small kids it wouldn't pick up pets or anything like that and so um I went to the back door to go set the alarm and the panel keeps reading system not ready system not ready and I'm like okay so I wait maybe another minute still says system not ready and then I'm waiting like a few minutes at this point and it still says system not ready so then I finally say Okay, Grandma, I'm leaving now. I'll see you next time. And then the fucking panel flashed system ready. Yeah, I I remember you telling me this story. This is, yeah, it's very creepy. I'll I'll give you a thumbs up too. And uh, yeah, that's one of the only experiences where I've been like, oh, what the hell? And like, granted, it's my grandma. And I think there may have been other deaths in the house, but it was also a house I want to say that was built in, I'll have to look. It might have been the 20s, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, really creepy. Kind of comforting knowing, like, could be my grandma. And also, I'll say the the, the house has stayed in the family. Um, and so a, a sibling has purchased the house. And from my knowledge, things have calmed down. But I don't think things were always calm when they first bought the house. <laughs> so I think things have settled and maybe grandma has settled down a little bit, but especially like they did a lot of construction and I think you did what to the fireplace. <laughs> you added another floor. It's a Chicago bungalow. It's historical. This is character. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's just my little personal. Yeah, anecdote. I, I that, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, that's it for today. We're, just at an hour, which is one of our, our longer ones. Uh, but thanks so much for joining us if you're still listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Catch you on the flip. Okay, bye. Goodbye.